Hello and welcome to All Things Small Business, brought to you by DAU. I'm Ken Karka, DAU Small Business Learning Director. This series is offered as a continuing dialogue between government, industry, and academia on acquisition-related issues that impact small businesses who support the critical defense industrial base. Let's join today's conversation. Welcome to All Things Small Business. I'm your host, Anthony Rotolo, and this is the show where acquisition and small business meet. We bring together business owners, contract experts, policymakers, and stakeholders, and we explore the issues facing small business and acquisition professionals as they work together to overcome challenges in a government and defense context. With me today is Ms. Kimberly Bueller. Ms. Bueller was appointed to the Senior Executive Service in August of 2019. She currently serves as the Director for the Army Office of Small Business Programs, where she provides executive leadership for all aspects of the Army's small business mission, including advocacy and outreach for all small business programs, development and dissemination of policies and procedures for execution of small business functions, and oversight for the execution of the small business program at the Army's contracting activities, equating to more than $20 billion of annual spending. Ms. Bueller represents the Secretary of the Army at Congressional Committee and Subcommittee Hearings on Small Business Matters and leads strategic interagency communication with the Small Business Administration, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, the Minority Business Development Agency, Department of Commerce, and other agencies and presidential commissions. Ms. Bueller, welcome to All Things Small Business. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for asking me to participate in this podcast. I really enjoy the podcast format. So this is the first one I'm recording. So really um, appreciate the opportunity and look forward to having the conversation with you today. I'm very happy to have you. Excited to get into all of that. That's a longish introduction, but you're involved with a lot of things and we'll break that down as we go. Now, may I call you Kim? Yes, that's perfectly fine. Okay. Well, Kim, again, thank you for being on. I want to ask you about that background. I want to know how has your background impacted you as the director for Army of Office of Small Business Programs? Oh, Anthony, my background has been 100% with the Army as a federal government employee, and all of that time spent in contracting, which is a little bit unusual. But I couldn't have had a better foundation from which to pivot into um, the Office of Small Business Programs. Fortunately, during my time spent in Army contracting, which was over 20 years, I was able to see the full scope of what contracting means and what it means for the Army. So during that time, I not only had the opportunity to work in field contracting offices, you know, on the floor, buying major weapon systems, buying uh, services and supplies. But I also had the great opportunity to work at the headquarters level for Department of Army and contracting, where I saw how all of that work being done in our contracting activities translates um, at the headquarters Department of Army level. 
And I worked in the career program office. So I had that talent management background, which is definitely paying dividends now that I'm in this position, um, especially given that people is such a big focus for, um, for the United States Army. So, you know, that um, those four years that I spent working in the career program office have been foundational to what I'm able to accomplish now and the importance that I place on career development. I spent a lot of time working in um, as the policy director for Army contracting. So I had oversight for uh, the Army Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement and um, all of the policy um, issued out to the contracting workforce. And I really gained an understanding of how you can use policy as a lever to drive behavior. So not only its importance in implementing the statutory and regulatory responsibilities, but how it actually can shape the activities done by our contracting workforce and those engagements with industry. I also had the opportunity to work with the execution side of the house. So all of those uh, competition documents that have to go up and get senior level approval. I was responsible for making sure that those were um, appropriately staffed and well-conceived and really represented the, uh, the interests of the Army, as well as addressed um, industry competition. I had the opportunity to work in the oversight area, where I really got a firm understanding of how uh, and the importance of that function. So you know, nobody wants to be on the receiving end of someone, whether it's an auditor or inspector general um, or somebody from headquarters Department of Army coming out and reviewing your work, right? And, and seeing what you did well, but maybe what you also didn't do so well. But that function is so important to making sure that the authorities, the, the great authorities invested in our contracting officers, who are the only people that can obligate on behalf of the federal government, and, and those obligations and those contracts, resultant contracts, are what keep our Army, our Department of Defense, our federal government running and able to meet our mission. If those authorities aren't being executed with um, integrity and good business judgment, then you know we're at risk of losing those authorities and losing the trust of the um, American uh, population. So that oversight function is really critical to giving us insight as to what's actually happening at the level of execution and how we might develop tools and policies to do that better, right? As, as a mechanism to provide um, greater assistance to the workforce as well as how we can address concerns by industry. So all of that time that I spent in Army contracting and all of those experiences provided a strong, solid foundation for me to take over the responsibility as director for the Army Small Business Programs. Because as you indicated, you know, what do we do? Well, we provide policy. We provide oversight. We have to work in with acquisition strategies and market research to identify opportunities for small businesses. So, and we have to be responsible for the talent management of the workforce. So all of those experiences um, really served me well in, um, in helping me to hopefully, um, you know, be a, a good leader for the Army's Office of Small Business Programs and, you know, represent the department with honor and integrity and, uh, you know, carry forth the, 
the message for the, the Secretary of the Army with respect to our small business industry partners. I appreciate that answer. Yes, so many different aspects combine in your experience that prepared you for where you are now. I like the part of your answer where you're, I think, effectively saying that it's not enough to award these programs and get ourselves working with small businesses as important as it is to keep things running. But we have to do that with integrity. We have to make sure that we're executing contracts and spending dollars with integrity so that we can maintain the public trust. Absolutely. I I think public trust is so important to all that we do because that, you know, ultimately is why we're there. And we're really dependent upon the American public, you know, supporting the military, supporting the work that we do and supporting small businesses. So, you know, all of that really, really translates into um, the work that's done in the field. You know, I I think our contracting officers have such hard jobs, right? They have this awesome responsibility and they have people asking everything of them from all different angles, right? They have to answer to industry. They have to answer to their customer base. They have to answer to auditors. They have to answer to our small business professionals. So it really is a, a very difficult job. And um, the but the importance of it cannot be overlooked or understated. And, you know, our small business professionals are really part of that as well. You know, they, for the most part, our small business workforce comes from that contracting background. So they understand what it's like to walk the walk and talk the talk. And they also understand how important it is for them in their capacity as as small business subject matter experts to really be that link with industry and to represent the Army with, um, with honor and integrity in, in all of our engagements with industry as well. Yeah, it really is vital. Having been in the shoes of a small business, perhaps, you know, being able to be the bridge between industry and government, help people through. I'm always referring to the the labyrinth that it sometimes feels like, I suppose, for a small company, especially those that are just getting started and looking for resources and answers and guidance. I think all of that's very, very important for government, small business professionals. Kim, what are the Army's strategic initiatives and how does small business fit into those? Sure, that's a great question. The Army has three main priorities, right? So people, so people first. It's really the foundation of everything that the Army does, right? Making sure that we have across our military, our civilian and, um, you know, all three compos. So the um, you know, the regular army, as well as our um, guard and reserve uh, components. And again, our, our civilian workforce, making sure that people are taken care of, that they have uh, safe work environments, that they have meaningful work, and that they have the right skills to bear on today's mission. Because the mission has been changing over the years. You know, the challenges that we face, the technologies that we have to work with are so different today from, you know, your your father's army, right? So we really noticed an evolution in those skill sets and that impacts the type of individuals that we need to recruit as well as, um, you know, how we train them and prepare them for their respective duties. So, you know, people really is the foundation of everything. Along with that, we recognize that um, modernization is really, um, you know, something that was, 
delayed for many years for, you know, for many um, valid reasons, of course, but, you know, it's, it's not an option, right? It's not an option anymore. We have um, pacing threats that are out there that we need to address. We you know, see pretty frequently in the, you know, through the public media about uh, tests of advanced weaponry capability being conducted by um, other nations, China, whether it's China, Russia, North Korea, and those are very concerning to us. So, you know, we can't fight the wars of tomorrow, right, with yesterday's technology. So the whole modernization enterprise and making sure that we have the right platforms with um, the the right advanced uh, weaponry to address our competitors is really critical. It's so critical that in the Army, they established a four-star command, the Army Futures Command, who is charged with all things modernization. So across the dot mill PF spectrum, uh, you know, uh, the Army Futures Command is addressing modernization. We have well-publicized capability um, gaps or technologies that we're looking for. So there's 31 plus four critical systems for which we're uh, looking to um, advance and to make sure that we've got the capability to address uh, multi-domain operations. And, you know, those are, there's a lot of um, focused energy, attention, um, and dollars going into that modernization enterprise. At the same time, we have to be ready to address uh, the the critical challenges of today. So we have to be ready to fight tonight. um, And we are, right? So, but that's a, that's a critical balance between that modernization and readiness and where we spend our dollars and how we spend our dollars and, um, you know, making sure that we can, can address that full spectrum of operations. So, uh, you know, readiness includes things like the readiness posture of our installations. We know that some of them are in areas that are, uh, you know, subject to extreme drought, extreme weather conditions, uh, hurricanes. So, you know, are our installations ready um, and resilient enough to address those challenges? Um, you know, so, so there's really, I think, aspects of what the Army does that is potentially not well understood um, because, you know, our core mission is to fight and win our nation's wars, right? But our nation's wars have been evolving um, and we have to be prepared to, um, you know, address them no matter what they look like. So where does small business fit into all of that? Well, small business fits absolutely in every aspect of that, right? We are actively looking for small businesses and non-traditional vendors who can start working with the Army. And we have several different programs in place to, to entice them to work with us and to figure out how to get them into our ecosystem through lower barriers to entry. So that whole modernization enterprise, they're utilizing tools such as the uh, small business innovation research and small business technology transfer programs. So Cibber Sitter, we have competition uh, prize searches. So in the army, it's called X tech search. And I would encourage our, if there's any uh, small businesses um, out there looking who are in this innovation space um, to uh, look at the, the websites for army um, Cibber as well as X tech search because um, they are, are low dollar value um, efforts with low barriers to entry for businesses to uh, come in and compete, you know, for the X tech search for the Sivers, a lot of times all you have to really do is submit a white paper 
And then if the technology is intriguing, it gives us the ability to give them contracts to get them started and to prove out concepts. And with the with both of these, there's the op- opportunities to go on to um, you know, higher levels. So go on to more advanced phases of development, prototyping, et cetera. So um, a lot of opportunity there for, um, for small businesses. At the same time, it's absolutely critical that we have small businesses who are in our army industrial base who understand how to do business with us and are there and can meet our demands, um, our readiness demands. So, you know, whether again, this is at the installation level and providing the critical services and supplies um, that keep our installations up and running, that enable us to address um, the challenges of tomorrow, whether it's small businesses that are helping us address um, the the COVID-19 challenges. So there's been, um, you know, even though COVID-19 has presented many challenges to the small business industrial base, there have also been some additional opportunities that opened up um, for businesses in terms of providing um, you know, personal protective equipment, cleaning supplies, um, you know, enhanced cleaning measures. So you know, small businesses are there, they're our partners, and we are trying to utilize all the tools in the toolbox to bring them into um, our ecosystem. And also um, other transactions. You know, other transactions don't get included into uh, the Army's uh, spend in terms of how we calculate our small business accomplishments for the fiscal year. But there are many small businesses who are getting other transactions, whether it be a direct award or through a consortium. And those are very effective tools for, again, getting small businesses into the ecosystem so that they can get some experience and, you know, hopefully be more competitive in um, becoming prime contractors. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I appreciate that answer. Um, starting it was with, very long. I'm sorry it was that's so okay. long. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, you know, it, it all ties together. There's the people, the processes, the modernization. All of it comes together, and it, it applies both on the government side and on the small business side, is that we have to be adaptable. We have to address modern challenges. And in light of how you were wrapping up that answer, I wanted to ask you, how can a small business be procurement ready for Army acquisitions? Yeah, thank you for that question, because this really is the crux of what small businesses ask us when we are engaging with them. And it's a big part of the reason why we do matchmaking, which are one-on-one meetings between the government buyers and the sellers so that we can help small businesses understand what their entry points are and where they can start making those contacts. Because as you alluded to earlier, Anthony, it's very confusing for industry to know where all of these entry points are. So one of the most important things that a small business needs to understand is who their customer is, who's buying what they're selling. So they need to do their homework. So they need to use every publicly available piece of information that they can find. And there is a lot of public available information on government contracts that they can search the the databases. They can go to SAM.gov, so SAM.gov, and see, you know, do some general searches based off of what what they sell to see what federal agencies, what DOD agencies 
are, um, you know, making or awarding those kind of contracts. And then they need to try to find the small business office that um, supports those um, contracting activities because the small business professionals are there to help get those small businesses connected in to the buyers and the requiring activities um, that have those requirements. So they need to do their homework. They need to understand the customer. And frankly, they need to leverage all available resources that are out there. And there are many free resources that are there to help them. I'm going to break in real quick. Um, I appreciate your mention of SAM.gov. We have spent a little time with other folks talking about the PTAC as a resource. That's the Procurement Technical Assistance Center. Are you a fan of those as well? Yeah, and actually, that was just where I was going to go. Okay. (laughs) So so that's one of the great resources that is out there. And there's a PTAC in, you know, in every state, at least one. And, you know, those folks are there to help with the very foundational things of getting started in government procurement. So I would not come start talking to specific small business professionals or contracting officers without having been to a PTAC. The PTACs will, you know, they will walk you through how to go into SAM.gov and how to set up reps and, and search, your representations and certifications in the systems. They will help you get procurement ready, as will the Small Business Administration. And, you know, in addition to the general products and services that SBA offers, there are specific um, organizations targeting women-owned small business as well as veteran-owned small businesses that provide additional um, hands-on support and guidance. So you really need to utilize those resources before you start coming out to the government buyers. Because the worst thing that a company can do is say, I'm a women-owned small business, what can you do for me? No, 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 that, that's not where we want to start this conversation. We want to start the conversation with that small business being in a position of coming in with strength, that this is what I provide. This is why it should be important to the Army. This is how the Army could utilize it. This is what differentiates me from the other sellers in this space. And this is how you know I can support the Army mission. So, yeah, I was going to say it really yeah. speaks to just the fundamental posture, uh, a competitive posture of we're self-driven and resourceful, and this is how we can solve your problems, contrasted with a dependent mentality of, you know, how can you help me and I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah. I think it's incumbent upon small businesses to avail themselves of all the resources that have been made available to them. Yeah, it it really is because the government side of the house, right, will shut down if you're not ready. If you are searching around and you don't understand, you might not understand exactly who you need to talk to, but you should at least understand the value that you and your company bring to the space so that, um, you know, we we know, okay, this is a company that I can talk to. This is this yes. company bringing something to the table for us. Exactly. I think it's the difference between having an active working partner and someone you're going to feel like you're dragging through the process. So it says a lot about just in any any situation in life and as an individual in your career, but in this context as a company, just being resourceful and sort of self-driven in these things. So yeah, very, very important. And the, the resources are excellent. 
Now, Kim, uh, tell us about the recent association of the U.S. Army annual meeting and exposition. How did that go and the, the small business seminar? Yes. So we, for the past seven years, we've had a small business seminar in conjunction with the annual meeting and exposition of the United uh, Association of the United States Army, so AUSA. Last year was a little bit different because of COVID. It was all virtual, so we had limited programming. This year, it was in person, and we were back. So you know, we had a, a full day of uh, speakers and um, and a couple of panel presentations. We had Bibi Hidalgo from the Small Business Administration, Farouk Mita from uh, the DOD Director for Small Business Programs. We had Ms. Karen Saunders, who's the acting or performing the senior official, performing the duties of the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition Logistics and Technology. You know, so a lot of heavy hitter speakers, right, that came to talk to our small businesses. We had a, a cyber uh, panel, which was great. So we had folks, you know, t- uh, giving uh, advice to uh, small businesses on how to better engage on the cyber and the XTech search uh, programs. Can you define cyber for us? Yeah, that cyber is the uh, Small Business Innovation Research Program, and it is a it's a federal program. It is something that the Department of Defense has been implementing for years, and it has become a very important tool in our toolbox um, in terms of innovation and trying to attract uh, new sellers, new small businesses into our space and to partnering with us on our most critical capability areas. So the CIBR program has always been a great way to encourage industry to think about how their technology could have military application. Uh, But, you know, now it really is, uh, it's being focused specifically on um, helping to solve our most critical uh, capability gaps. So, um, you know, there's, um, they've really, in the Army, they've taken a, a lot of time to make strategic improvements to how the cyber program is run. And then uh, utilizing that as one of the main levers with our X-Tech search program, which is our prize competition program. And, uh, you know, it really is, it's something that industry is asking us about um, all the time, because again, it's a low barrier to entry way to start doing business with the federal government. You submit a white paper. If the technology is compelling, the government can basically do a directed award. Um, There's three different phases. uh, So you can go non-competitively from a silver phase one to phase two. And then, you know, we are, we are hoping to get more uh, companies going to that phase three, which, you know, is where we're really, um, you know, taking something from the R&D phase into, uh, you know, early development. So a, a lot of exciting things going on in that program. I sort of took you off track about your <laughs> report about how everything went. I wanted to ask, was this conducted virtually or in person? Yeah, no. So um, so we were in person for the small business seminar, and it was great to have that you know face-to-face interaction with industry for the first time in 18 months. Now, we did do our matchmaking. So generally speaking, we do the small business seminar, which is panels and speakers, and then um, matchmaking, so those one-on-one buyer-seller interactions. We did do the, the matchmaking piece virtually, 
And we made that decision because we we had a lot of buyers that were very hesitant to get back to face-to-face matchmaking. So we wanted to make sure that we had the maximum number of buyers available to the sellers for the matchmaking. So uh, you know, the um, Army leadership supported us taking that to a virtual format, and it was a great success. We had you know, more buyers than we ever had. We had almost two times as many buyers participating. We had, um, so about, uh, it was over 50 buyers and we had around 251 sellers and we did, so it was about an average of two um, engagements per seller. Uh, So, you know, close to 600 uh, sessions, um, individual matchmaking sessions, which is a record. So it was, I think we had a great, success this year at AUSA and provided quality programming. And um, and what I'm hoping to do is be able to leverage that momentum and provide more frequent engagement with industry uh, throughout the fiscal year. So, you know, we do matchmaking, we do speaking engagements, but I'm we're working on a mechanism by which we're going to have not monthly um, open engagement with industry, but uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, at least every other month that we'll have just, you know, open sessions where industry can register, um, probably be about an hour, you know, maybe two hours tops so that, um, you know, we're talking to industry more frequently. You know, we plan to have some thematic type, you know, engagement so that, you know, if companies are interested, say, in the mentor-protege program, which is something I hadn't mentioned yet, um, you know, they can come in and learn more about the mentor-protege program and what the opportunities are, as well as having some sessions that are just, you know, completely open and hopefully we can take industry's questions and and answer them uh, live. So I'm very excited for that that opportunity. And we're just testing out some different platforms. We got a group of contractors um, who uh, at AUSA to volunteer to help us test the capability. So really looking forward to getting that off and running this fiscal year so that we're engaging with industry frequently, but also efficiently. You know, we do a lot of individual capability briefings, but then that just ends up in the contractor having to do more capability briefings. So, you know, we'd like to have these sessions to make sure that we've got general questions answered. And then, you know, when we do a capability briefing, it can be uh, more meaningful um, and more targeted to what that contractor might need. And we're also working on um, other improvements to our website that will hopefully increase um, industry engagement. So we're developing a kiosk so the kiosk will be a place for vendors to come into our website. And our website is very complicated. It's osbp.army.mil. And they'll be able to fill out a form, upload their capability statement. And then we're going to open that database up to our Army small business workforce so that they can come in and search for companies. You know, They'll have all their information there. You know, we'll be able to slice and dice the data, you know, in in meaningful ways. And the hope as well would be, you know, after we've captured their information, that we can then push information out to those vendors so that they can, you know, receive updates on training opportunities, whether it's, you know, training opportunities from us or training opportunities available, say, from um, GSA, OMB, um, you know, our, our sister services, um, you know, Air Force, Navy, et cetera. 
So, you know, really working on a lot of um, ways to improve our vendor engagement through these means. We've had a big push on social media as well. So, you know, these are all, I think, opportunities to go above and beyond that once a year opportunity. We do a great job at AUSA, but there's, we, we should be leveraging that as our platform to kick off a year of continuous engagement. Very exciting stuff. Sounds like a lot of high engagement with all these different things, the, these in-person events, the things that you're doing online, the kiosk that you mentioned. So very exciting to see. And it's great that we're engaging in person again. It, it is. I mean, I have to say, I do hope that we don't completely lose the benefits of the virtual engagement because we were able to talk to contractors and reach contractors that we hadn't before because, you know, when you do in person, then, you know, you're expecting people to, you know, put out money on travel and registration fees, et cetera. So yes, there, there was a lot of benefit, um, but there's nothing like that ability to look somebody in the eye and have a, you know, a, a meaningful conversation too. So I think that we've got, the best of both worlds now. And it's how we figure out as a government to combine them to be for efficiency and effectiveness. I agree. I agree. I think it it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be both. Because what we've learned at our agency at DAU is that our events that normally would have been in person and that were conducted virtually really extended our reach. We were able to reach thousands of people rather than just you know, the capacity of a few hundred people in an auditorium. So that's dramatic. And that's, you know, that's a game changer. So to your point, I think we shouldn't lose all those benefits that we we learned were there with all the, the virtual engagement. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Now, Kim, tell us a little bit about, I'm going to change the subject. Tell us a little bit about the five army buying commands and how small businesses can provide support. Yeah. So as you said, we have five buying commands that are doing the um, contracting or small business um, interaction with industry. So we have the Army Materiel Command, which is a four-star command, and they buy really the full gamut of supplies and service. They're our largest buying command um, in terms of its contracting footprint. So pretty much anything that a vendor might have to sell, the Army Materiel Command uh, provides it. We have the Army Futures Command, which technically is not a buying command, but because of their mission and their desire to reach small businesses and bring them into the um, innovation ecosystem, they do have a small business footprint. So, you know, they really are focused on those 31 plus four um, modernization uh, programs. We have the uh, United States Corps of Engineers, which in terms of our contract spend is the second largest. And of course, they are buying construction. They are buying R&D. They are buying um, the civil works. So, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of opportunity depending on what happens with the infrastructure bills, um, there could be a lot of opportunity for industry with the Corps of Engineers. We also have the Medical Command, which uh, buys uh, supplies and services related to um, medical, um, particularly hospitals, 
um, you know, think that kind of work, but they're also, um, we also have an R and D mission within the medical community. And then we have the national guard bureau, which, um, is a joint activity of course. Um, but they use army contracting authority. So, um, all of that, uh, small business effort, as well as what the, the national guard needs, you know, from a federal perspective, um, is, uh, procured through army contracting authority. So a lot of variety there. And, uh, you know, there's at this point about 29% of our annual, um, contracting spend is going to small business. And each of these commands plays a very important part in making us successful in that regard. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for defining those. Now of those five, I imagine the medical command saw sort of, a maybe a, a new or, or different focus this last uh, year or two? So the medical command, um, as well as, frankly, the Army Materiel Command, um, because they do the procurements with um, the program executive offices or the PEOs. And it was mm-hmm. the PEO for chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear um, that did most of the, um, requirements related to COVID-19. So, you know, they were, uh, of course there was a giant task force that was, uh, you know, stood up with, you know, partners from all the different communities. Um, but a, a lot of those requirements flowed through the PEOs. Um, so the, the army material command also, uh, saw a, a big upsurge in um in supporting uh, that particular mission. Yes, I could have imagined that there would be a an enhancement in their focus this past period with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think that that you know that really gets to you know one of the exciting things about the army is you you just don't know where that mission is going to come from. You know, I, again I get back to while the mission is to, you know, fight and win our nation's wars, you know, those wars take on a very different flavor sometimes. And the United States Army is is there, right? We are there and we are bringing it home for our country. And we couldn't do that without the um, dedication and the quality of the people that we have working in the United States Army. It's been remarkable. Uh, I had produced a series on the JADF, which really Hmm. spoke to how they took the tools of the acquisition trade and applied them to this challenge of COVID and where we might have been building weaponry. Some of that was now figuring out how to create PPE or ventilators or what have you um, as the times demanded. So yeah, yeah, very dynamic, very uh, exciting stuff. It is. It is exciting stuff. (laughs) Now, Kim, I want to ask you, looking ahead, what Office of Small Business Program initiatives are planned for the coming year? Well, I already talked to some of those, you know, involving how we're trying to evolve um, outreach. But we're also looking at what we need to do internally to support our, our workforce and to make sure that we have a strong foundation for the program uh, going forward. So we are working on a talent management framework, which is in draft and in in staffing. So that'll be coming out um, this fiscal year. We also are moving to get our workforce credentialed. So credentialing is a a new program being offered through um, Defense Acquisition University and 
an augmented skill set that goes along with um, your certification, your uh, workforce certification. So, um, you know, that's going to be exciting as we see our, our folks obtaining that uh, credential. We also are working on a new Army regulation. So, you know, we have policies in place for the small business program, and some of which are implemented in the Army Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement. But a lot of the roles and responsibilities haven't been formalized. So that regulation, when it's published, which likely will be in um, fiscal year 23, um, you know, is drafted, will go into staffing and will provide a lot of that foundational support to make sure that the program is, um, uh, you know, well integrated um, into the Army framework. So I think those are some of our bigger rocks that we're, we're trying to push uphill, um, but they're all in process. And I'm very excited to, to see those, uh, you know, take, take place. We are talking now about additional initiatives that we're going to roll out, increasing the um, federal goals for small business programs, particularly for the uh, small disadvantaged business portfolio or socioeconomic category. So, you know, we need to make sure that we are uh, postured to address that demand signal and, you know, what we can do working with our contracting leadership and our category managers, for example, to create additional opportunities for small businesses. Well, thank you. And, you know, that answer brings us full circle because you began speaking about people and you have ended speaking about people which make it all possible and how it's really imperative now to keep the talent management and modernization goals at the forefront so that we have an equipped and ready workforce. And by extension, small business partnerships that are ready and able to keep pace with all of these challenges that you enumerated. I think all of this is going to be very helpful to our audience. My guest today has been Kimberly Bueller, the Director of the Army Office of Small Business Programs. Kim, thank you for joining us today. Anthony, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm always excited to talk about the United States Army and the fine work that we're doing, um, especially in our Office of Small Business Programs. So thank you again for the opportunity. My pleasure. Thank you again. This is Ken Karkoff once more. I want to thank our guests for participating in today's conversation. Your insights and perspectives will surely help our listeners. And an invitation to our listeners, if you'd like to participate as a guest in a future conversation, please reach out to me at kenneth.karkoff at dau.edu. Till next time, stay engaged and collaborate across your networks. Everyone's talents and skills are needed within the defense industrial base as we fulfill the national defense strategy together.